0: the last message in a series called I am and if you're thinking man I haven't been here at all I've missed it actually we've saved the best for last that you couldn't ask for a better Sunday to be here we've been looking at the I am statements of of Jesus And uh, uh, seven different I am statements that Jesus said uh, throughout the New Testament describing what he says about himself, who he says that he is. And he's trying to give a picture of, of for us to understand and for his people to understand this is who I am. And so this is the last six weeks. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Uh, for a world that is dark, boy, we need light. We need the light of God in our, in our communities, our life, in our schools. I am the gate, I am the door, I am the good shepherd. Um, I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, well, there's no reason for us to be here if we don't believe that because the resurrection is why we're here today. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. I love these. I'm excited about uh, today because I feel like really we have saved the best for last. It was actually the first I am statement of Jesus is what we're sharing today. It wasn't the seventh, fifth, sixth. It was the very first thing that he said um, right out of the gate and uh, one of the first I am statements. And so this morning, as we talk about this and we think about I am um, Jesus describing who he is. Maybe we can think about it in the way if we'd say, I, I am, who we are. If we were to introduce ourselves and try to tell a little bit about what makes us who we are. I mean, if I were to introduce and say, I am, you know, I'm, I'm Kent Peterson. I am a father. I am a husband. I am a pastor. Um, I am a Christian. I am a uh, Denver Broncos fan. Any Broncos in the house today? If football season's get ready to start? Man, there's crickets, crickets out there. Any Chiefs fans here today? Uh, okay, so that's a little bit better. Boy, that's pathetic. You guys just want a Super Bowl. Um, so, anyway, uh, those are some things that we would say that I am, and Jesus, in the same way, was telling who I am in the Old Testament. God is so amazing. He is so beyond our comprehension that there's a lot of descriptions of God in the Old and the New Testament. And I was just trying to think of some of those things that how, we, how God, he's so indescribable that there's many names that they came up with. Elohim, that he is creator, that he's Emmanuel, that he's God with us. Jehovah Shema, that he's my companion. Adonai, that he's my Lord and my authority. Or Jehovah Rohi, that he's my shepherd el rohi that he is the one who sees me and and i just stop there for a minute and say maybe there's someone here today in this service or watching online you feel insignificant you feel like you're unseen you feel like you're not making a difference you may be a teacher that's feeling that way this was written uh because of a broken lady in the old testament who thought she was forgotten and unseen and broken and left behind and be, you know, uh, deserted. And God said to her, I, and she says, you are the God who sees me. I believe that someone here today needs to hear that God sees you. God knows you. El Shaddai, God Almighty, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides, and Jehovah Shalom, one of my favorite, We knew peace, he is my peace. These are some of the names of God in the Old Testament, but the one that trumps all names is Yahweh, I Am, where we've been the last six or seven weeks. And this all started um, in when, when Moses when God called Moses to be the, the leader that would deliver his people from the bondage of slavery and the Egyptians, he came to Moses and he said, Moses, this is your job. You're gonna deliver my people from the bondage of the Egyptians, from their slavery, and you're gonna set my people free. And Moses felt so inadequate. I mean, I, I think of a first-year teacher. You know, so often we feel inadequate as a first-year teacher. Um, or a first year or, or new uh, anything we may feel inadequate. But he said, you're my man, Moses. And Moses uh, is still having doubts. And he's like, I, I don't know about this, God. And God, he goes, who am I to say? You know, on what authority? You know, what do I say? Who sent me? And he's speaking to him through a burning bush. And, and this where God said to Moses, tell them that I am that I am. That I am has sent you. Meaning I don't need any introduction, I don't need. I don't need uh, any explanation. Simply, I am God. I am the self-existent one, and and the Jews uh, would know what the, what that the I am. What that would be self-sufficient. That would be enough for him. And so, when Jesus said these words, "I am," in the New Testament. He was making a bold statement. He was making a statement of declaration. He was making a statement that was so big because he was equating himself to God, that he was equal to God, that he was God. And so he comes onto the scene and they don't know who this Jesus is from Bethlehem, from the town of Nazareth, like from the son of a carpenter. This guy who has brothers and sisters, they're saying that he... He's saying that he is God. And for, for some, that was a great, a great um, a celebration. For others, it was fighting words because they were like, no one, that's blasphemy to say that you're equal to God. So it's a big, bold statement that he is God. And Jesus was basically saying when he said, I am, he's saying, I don't need any introduction. I'm God. One of my favorite uh, clips is uh, Steve Harvey, the comedian. And he gives this introduction, maybe some of you have seen it, when he said, if I was gonna introduce Jesus, uh, this is how I would you do it.
1: Just with me
0: Turn it I up, please. I
1: have the yep. of out Christ. This is just how I would do it. It ain't gotta be the way you, Yeah. The record for the world's greatest fish fry. He fed 5,000 hungry souls with two fish, five loaves of bread. He can walk on water, turn water into wine, no special effects, no camera tricks. He has a head shot on every church fan across the country. Even before the kings of comedy, he was hailed the king of all kings, ruler of the universe, alpha and omega, beginning and the end, the bright and the moaning star. Some say he's the Rose of Sharon and some say he's the Prince of Peace. Get up on your feet, put your hands together, and show your love for the second coming of the one and only.
0: I love it, yeah, I love it when people praise God. I love it when people praise. It's just a little bit of taste of heaven of what heaven's going to be like. Jesus doesn't need any introduction. He is the great I am, but he burst onto the scene and he's still wanting you to know who he is. And, and he describes who he is in these seven statements of the I am statements. And today we see it in the first statement. The first I am statement that he made was that I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. I am the bread of life. I love this one. I think, in some part, and you, I bet there's a lot that share with me in this, I love bread. It is my Achilles heel, it is my kryptonite. If I have good bread and I grew up on good bread, my mom made homemade dinner rolls. She got that from Mimi, her her mom, my grandmother. Mimi was so good at making homemade dinner rolls that in the Independence, Kansas, even in her eighties, after my grandpa passed away, she began to be known all in that community and she would make dozens of rolls and, and people would come and buy Violetta Price's homemade rolls. And that butter, it just had the right amount of crispiness on the outside, but then when you bit into the middle, it was just it was had to melt in your mouth and you got butter and and last night I wasn't planning on this I didn't know where the end of my week was going to take me but I was like, last night Aaron and Stephanie invited us to a birthday dinner in Wichita and Pastor Aaron turned 29, our middle school pastor and they wanted to go to Roadhouse Steakhouse Roadhouse, or is it Road? No, is it Roadhouse? Texas Roadhouse, yeah It's been a long time since I've been there. And I don't remember what the steak had tasted like before. I didn't remember what, what I had. I didn't remember what vegetables I had. But one thing I remembered, and I was excited, I remembered the rolls. And I knew that we were going to be walking into these hot buttered rolls, all that you can eat. I've been trying to do better. So I was like, God, you got to help me. You got to help me. I, I, you gotta, you can't, it's a sin not to eat a roll when you go in there. So I was like, I got to at least eat a roll. But I was like, I don't want to do the sin of gluttony. So I was like, okay, Lord, tonight with your help, we're just going to do one roll. We're just going to do one roll. Who knows it's impossible at Texas Roadhouse to eat only one roll. So 12 rolls later... I'm just kidding. It was like four rolls later, but I could have eaten 12. I could have eaten 40, but four rolls later, I was like, okay, I want another. I mean, I had three for an appetizer and that was my dessert. The fourth one was my dessert, man, those buttered rolls, they just melt in your mouth and you taste it. And you're just like, you remember it and you know that it is good. And I believe in the same way. I believe that the Psalmist got it right when he said, taste and see that the Lord is good. I think Jesus bursts onto the scene with the I am statement that I am the bread of life because I do believe he wants to give us a picture that he is mouth watering good that he is so satisfying now we don't have to have 50 of them to be satisfying he is saying i am the bread of life taste and see that i am good try me out and see if i am good and i began to think i was thinking a lot about this yesterday on a walk i was i had a lot of time to think and i was thinking what what am i trying to accomplish here today And then it began to take me to, what am I trying to accomplish every single Sunday when I stand before you and stand before the people? What are we trying to accomplish? And really this thought came to my mind. In fact, I didn't have one of these scriptures I'm going to share in a moment. I didn't have it until I began to think the goal of every Sunday, the goal of today is that... You would taste and see that the Lord is good, that you would taste and see that Jesus is good, that he is satisfying, that you will not regret taking a bite and, and taking part in the, in the body of Christ, that there's something about tasting and see that he is good. And so I was talking with Heather about this. I was just sharing with her. I said, "You know, I, you know why do we do you know donuts today and, and why do we have giveaways and, and those things? Yeah, we want to have fun." And we want you to have a good time. We want teachers and students to know that we love and value them. But the reality is, the bottom line is, we want you to taste and see that God is good. We want you to taste them and see for yourself that God is good. And maybe you've never tasted them. We want you to taste them for the first time and see that God is good. Why did Pastor Brandon and Pastor Aaron on Friday night, along with uh, 12 uh, committed volunteers and and sponsors, uh, have over 100 kids? Out here on our back lawn with paint and slime and goop and all this stuff covered from head to toe, why did they, why did they do that? Because Pastor Aaron and Brandon and these twelve great volunteers have nothing to do on friday night they don 't have any families they want to spend time with. You know why do they do this because they just think no, it was a lot of work. The reason they do that is because they want kids to come back this fall, and they want them to experience and taste that God is good, that God has a plan for them, that God loves them, that He is the bread of life, and He wants people to taste them. And I, I, I believe that's really what we're trying to do. And if you're a follower of Jesus, that's why we want to share it with others. Is because we want people to taste and see that God is good. I, I want to see. I want marriages to taste and see that God is good sometimes we're trying to fill ourselves with other things that aren't satisfying and and it goes all awry and a mess because we're not digging in and diving into the bread of life that God is good that God is good for families that God is good for the workplace, that God is good. We need to be praying. We're praying because we believe that God is good. That doesn't mean all good things happen, that life is always good. Life is hard, but God is good. And, and we want people to experience and taste and see that God is good. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And there was even a greater significance for God's people, the, cho- the chosen, the Jewish people, for, the, for that culture and for that time bread symbolized even more than just good tasting food it it symbolized the substance that they had to have because in their mind when jesus came on the scene and said i am the bread of life one of the thoughts they're probably thinking is yeah for 40 years god provided manna from heaven when we had nothing to eat in the desert day after day he provided manna for us to eat and without it we would have died I think when we see Jesus in the Lord's Prayer, very intentional, one of the big things in the prayer, the prayer is, give us this day our daily bread. It, it, that's, that prayer is prayed because of that manna that came from heaven that they didn't know that they were going to have enough. In fact, Jesus, I mean, God said in the Old Testament, do not save any for tomorrow because He wanted them to depend on God day after day after day and not be hoarders and, and dependent on themselves. So give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is the one that said that that man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Even the town of Bethlehem where Jesus was born means bread. It means the house of bread. So Jesus said, I am the bread of life. It was something that sustained them, something that was necessary, not just a luxury like I had last night, but so in in the Jewish uh, culture and in their time of growing up, their their diet was somewhat simple. Uh, one is fish; uh, that was kind of their main source of protein. But fish wasn't a every kind of meal kind of thing. Um, on special occasions, like the Passover, they had lamb, and that was for special occasions. But they always had bread. Bread was a staple. Bread was essential. Bread was. Essential for them, and so I wonder for us who are followers of Jesus today, or claim to be, is Jesus your main staple? Is he your main staple, or is he just appetizer and dessert? Is Jesus your main staple? Is he is he essential, or is it just something that's more of a luxury? All for the Gospels. The setup for Jesus saying, I am the bread of life, like the other I am statements, there was usually a setup. The setup for this was in the previous chapter, Jesus had just fed, as Steve Harvey talked about, uh, the biggest fish fry, two fish, five loaves. He just fed 5,000 hungry men, which actually was more than that because it didn't list the women and children. Multiply that is really the feeding of about 20,000. 20,000 plus that he had fed them and they had experienced this miracle. They were all full and they were satisfied. Uh, Jesus was probably tired. And so he, and they just wanted to be around Jesus. So Jesus sent his disciples off in a boat on the lake and said, go to the other side they kind of snuck out stage right and Jesus stayed a little bit longer and then all of a sudden when they were just kind of probably at that food coma point and they're all kind of napping Jesus gets up and he walks across the water and that's where we have the miracle of Jesus walking on the water well they all kind of wake up and come to their senses and they're like where's Jesus and where's the disciples that we don't we don't see him so once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there. They got into the boats and they went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? The crowds were in search of Jesus. They're like, where have you been? been? We've been looking for you. And Jesus answered them, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me. Not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. See, they were more interested, not even in the miracles. They were more interested in what Jesus could do for them than Jesus himself. They were more interested in, in that Jesus could, could give them benefits and could feed them. They, they weren't really interested in Jesus, Jesus was saying. In fact, you know, I've had friends all through my life at church, and I've also had family members that had means and wealth and money. And uh, one of sometimes the fear of those who have a lot of wealth and money is that people just love them and want to be around them for what they can do for them. The things that they can give them, the, the money they can provide, the benefits of being their friends. And sometimes it's a wonder to them, it's, do people love me just because of who I am? Not because of what I can do for them. And Jesus is saying, you, you just, you're here because you're just trying to, you're just trying to get your fill. And he's, he's saying, are you in this for the benefits or are you in this for the relationship? It's kind of the with them, what's in it for me. And friends, I just said there are benefits in following Jesus Christ, absolutely, untold benefits. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what happens when the benefits maybe seem to run out? Or maybe you don't see like your prayers are getting answered the way that you'd hope or life didn't turn out the way that you hoped it would turn out. What, what do we do with God when we're not receiving the benefits? And are you in this for the benefits of the relationship? In Proverbs, the, the, the wise counsel said, two things I ask of you, Lord, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. He was just being honest. It's not saying that there's anything wrong with wealth or accumulating wealth. There's nothing scripture that says that. People have said at different times, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, it doesn't say that in scripture. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. And when it, when it dominates it, when it consumes us. And so this is not a thing of, you know, you gotta be poor or or don't be poor, don't be rich. Just you gotta be in the middle. You gotta be middle class to follow Jesus. That's not what this is saying. It's just, it's the wisdom of the writer saying, hey, I know my tendencies. And my tendencies are to forget God when times are good. And my tendency is to turn from God and walk away from him when times are bad. And how many of us have seen that? Maybe you've done it yourself or experienced it where we've seen people so excited about Jesus saving them from their sins and coming into their life and getting baptized and forgiven and coming to church and they're all excited and then... Man, life hits because the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Good things happen to good people and bad people. And bad things happen to good people and and vice versa. It happens to all of us. And if we come to Jesus thinking, hey, life is going to be easy. We're going to be sorely disappointed. In fact, in this world, Jesus says, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome it. So it's... This tendency to, to forget God when things are good and the tendency to walk away from him when things are bad. and So do you want something from God or do you want to be with God? Do you want something from God? And I'm not saying don't pray for those things. Man, I pray for a lot of things from God. Others, uh, every single day of my life, I'm praying for things from God, for his help in those things. But, you know, in a relationship, if... If all I wanted was something from Heather, you know, if I was just about her helping bringing in a second income, if it was all just about her doing dishes. If it was just about her helping with the laundry, if it's just about all the benefits, that's not why she's in the relationship. That's not why we're not in the relationship. It's not that there's not benefits, but do you want something from God or do you want to... Be with God. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you were looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate your loaves and had your fill. Jesus is saying to them, You're just in this for the free fish and chips. You got free fish and chips, and you're coming back for more free fish and chips. And God is so much more. Jesus is so much more than fish and chips. Why are you following Jesus? Who are are you seeking? I'm going to tell you, friends, don't just settle for fish and chips when you can have the bread of life. And taste and see that he is good, that Jesus satisfies. Even in our darkness, even in our brokenness, even when life hits the bottom, there's only one thing that is going to satisfy. It is Jesus. And so Jesus says, do not work for food that spoils But for food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you for on him, the God, the God, the father has placed his seal of approval for eternal life. When Jesus talks about life, there was two words in the Greek for life. There, there was the word uh, bio. It was a bio uh, meaning, which was where we get biological and those are things that are temporary. Those are things that aren't lasting. That's that's our that's our bodies. That all our bodies are going to die. Or the Zoe. And he's talking about the the Zoe, the spiritual, the eternal, the fullness of life that only Jesus can satisfy. That only Jesus can satisfy. And but here's the issue, and here's where the problem comes into play. Oftentimes, many of many people, and, and they, I should just scratch that and say all of us. All of us have done this. All of us have done this. But still, many people today, maybe some of us here, many people try to fill their Zoe need with a bio solution. They're trying to fill the deep longing of their soul with the things of this world and of this life. And that's why there's drug addiction. We, we love people that have, or they have drug addictions. We, we're, we're praying for them. We, we, we know that God loves them. But really what it really comes down to is they're just trying to fill a need that cannot be satisfied, that cannot be filled. They're trying to fill a, a spiritual need with a, with a biological solution, with a bio solution or sex addiction or alcohol addiction. Or, or just the pursuit of money and pleasure. People are on the pursuit trying to fill a zoe need with a bio solution. And Jesus is sitting there saying, taste and see that I am good. That I will provide something that will last forever. When he first said, I am the bread of life. And those who eat of me and drink of me will never be hungry or thirsty again. Jesus is saying, I am the only one. That can satisfy you. I can. I am the only one that can satisfy your deepest need. And your deepest need is greater than physiological. Your deepest need is a spiritual need. I love it when God does miracles physically in people's life. But the greatest miracle that God does is when he changes and transforms people through Jesus Christ and his grace and his forgiveness. That's the greatest miracle. When God changes us from the inside and we're set free, Moses set people free from the bondage of physical slavery. Jesus came to set us free from the bondage of spiritual slavery and sin that we might have life. So don't settle for fish and chips. God's so much more than just benefits. It's more than fish and chips. And they asked a good question to finish this out. They then asked him, what, was, what must we do then to do the work that God requires? And Jesus answered, friends, this is the gospel. This is the good news in this one sentence. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. They're focused on what must we do? And he's saying, hey, it's done. I've done it for you. You can't earn a relationship with God. You don't deserve a relationship with God. And when I say you, I'm saying me. We don't earn a relationship with God. We don't deserve a relationship with God. We are given a relationship with God through his grace. Our part is faith. To believe in the one that he has sent. And Jesus is saying, would you taste me and see that I am good, that I am the bread of life. I have come that you may have life to the full. I have come that when you walk away, as he told the woman at the well, you'll drink of me and you'll never be thirsty again. She's like, where can I get this water? He's like, you're looking at him. Jesus is the water of life. He is the bread of life. He is the one that satisfied and friends. Trust Him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. For some of you today, you've never tasted. You've never seen that He is good. And the invitation is taste and see that He is good. Quit trying to fill your needs ...with things that won't satisfy... ...but fill it with what is lasting... ...fill it with Jesus Christ... ...let Him fill your life... ...and even for those of us who are believers... ...how often do we kind of get off track... ...and we start trying to fill our spiritual needs... ...with bio solutions... ...and sometimes it's just good to get back to the basics... ...and say, God, I'm trying to fill my tank... ...and I'm trying to fill my cup... ...with things that are never going to fill me... ...and they may fill me for a moment... ...and they may fill me for a few days... But then they run out. They leave me dry. They leave me with a hangover. They leave me empty. They leave me wanting more. But Lord, today I see, I'm gonna taste and see again that you are good, that you satisfy, that you are the bread of life. And in you, I will never be spiritually hungry when I put my faith and my trust in you. This morning, would you bow your heads this morning? We got some giveaways here in a little bit, but the most important thing we do today, The most important thing you can do today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed and those watching online as well is to taste and see that the Lord is good. To accept the bread of life, Jesus Christ, into your heart and your life. To quit trying to satisfy your life with the things of this world repent of those things and give your life to jesus christ and taste and see he is so good i wish i could share it in a way that would just really hit your heart i tasted and seen that jesus is good in my life years ago and it doesn't mean life is easy but it just I just know that God is good. He's been good for my my marriage, he's been good for Heather, He's been good for my girls, He's been good for my family, He's good for, He's been good for my friends that trust in Him holy. God is good, and I want you to taste and see that God is good. Your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Those online as well, too. You want to receive Jesus. You want to taste and see that he's good, and you want to trust him today with your life. Would you just raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you, call you out. Would you just raise your hand that I can pray with you before we leave here today? Thank you, thank you, thank you. See four or five hands anymore? We pray a prayer and I'm going to invite you to stand. We pray a prayer of invitation, a prayer of confirmation. Yeah, you can stand. I didn't make that very clear. We're going to pray a prayer of invitation. We're going to pray a confirmation for those who have raised their hand. They're not going to pray it by themselves because we all need Jesus and we need to be reminded of that. So, today, before we kind of finish with some fun, let's do the most important thing. Let's let Jesus be Lord and Savior of our life. So, would you repeat after me? Believe this in your heart, confess it with your lips. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and you are the Savior of the world. I ask you to come into my life. I repent of my sins. I accept you as Lord and Savior. My God and my friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you believe it? We believe it. We believe it. God bless you. Hey, guys, I'm going to let you be seated again. I want to congratulate you, those of that made that decision to follow Jesus. And even if you didn't raise your hand, we have a gift for you in the back of the same welcome table where there's gift for, guests for a first-time guest. It's just a it's a new believer's Bible with a 30-day reading plan to help you on that journey, to get you started on that journey with God. I want to encourage you to do that. And I also encourage you to tell other people the decision that you've made so we can